I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240cm dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Today on the Indo Daily, a €2 million euro ransom demand, bogus planning objections and a battle over a Big Mac. The life and times of Pat McDonough and his Supermax empire. If you don't pay up, you could be looking at objections on Borpanala, objections, uh, judicial reviews being, being taken out, which hold up the development for quite some time, all adding to the cost, all adding to the timescale. From humble beginnings as a school teacher to one of Ireland's most well-known and vocal entrepreneurs, the David and Goliath story of Pat McDonough's Supermax has at times made the Galway man a controversial figure. About one euro twenty-five uh, that staff have to pay for their uniform a week. That's no longer in vogue. I'm Ellen Coyne, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Ireland editor of the Irish Independent, Fiona Sheehan, to look at the latest planning controversies hitting Ireland and how Supermax owner Pat McDonough has been on the receiving end of go-away money ransom demands. I don't want to sound egotistical. It didn't matter what you did at the time or I did at the time. I was going to be successful at it and I don't want to sound egotistical. So they are regular and beloved fixtures in petrol stations around the perif- and around the periphery of any good Colchi nightclub. But uh, Fiona, can you talk us through the scale of the Supermax Empire? Yeah, it's, it's quite vast uh, at this stage. You're talking about 110 restaurants, most good-sized provincial towns uh, will have a Supermax uh, and have had for 20, 30 years uh, now at, at the very the very least. Uh, then you also have the expansion into the, the motorway plaza, the Obama Plaza down in Moneygall, County Tiberi, probably the best known uh, in, in the country, uh, on the main road from, from Dublin to, to Limerick. And there's, there's now seven of those around the country and there's expansion plans for others as well. And they have basically combined what was the, the, the traditional forecourt w- into a kind of a shopping mall uh, where you have, yeah, you've got the petrol and you've got the uh, the shop, but you now have the restaurants, you've got the the fast food, you can get a buffet, uh, you, in most of them you can get a, uh, some some class of a, of a roast dinner or something like that, like that as well as a sandwich bar. So they're quite vast and they've become features on motorways across the country. Pat McDonough's not the only one that, that, that does these, but his, his ones are, are pretty much best known and they're, they're pretty well run. And he's 
also in recent years got into the the hotel business as well. So there's, there's six. They're not called Supermax hotels, but they are owned <laughs> by by Pat McDonough, Mr. Supermax uh, him, himself. And you know, some of them were were hotels in good locations that that got into financial difficulty around about the time of the crash. Picked them up, and he, he's running that himself. So, but like it's 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 not as if Pat McDonough is basically just a fish and chip shop man. He's got a big empire uh, within Supermax and it has its own construction division, which basically is responsible for for the planning and development uh, of future sites. And that's from everything from land acquisition to, to buildings to improvement and expansion of, of existing restaurants. So it sounds like he's in a position where he's ready to like expand and this empire is a- is able to sprawl, which I suppose brings us to this really interesting story that you had about ransom payments. Can you mm. explain uh, explain what happened? Yeah, so Pat McDonough, like many developers now, uh, are, are is basically coming forward saying that he gets planning objections lobbed in to developments he's he's trying to undertake, either new developments or existing developments he's trying to expand or, or, or change uh, or, or whatever. And, you know, he's saying in some cases these things are quite legitimate. Somebody wants a boundary wall built a bit bit higher. Uh, somebody wants a car parking space to be, to be quite clear. They want extra lighting. Uh, in one case, there was a fella who whose house was near a supermax and he said there'd be a lot of noise so I want new windows that gave him the money for the windows the windows never got installed though. but anyway that's, <laughs> it's just a, it's just an example of what, what he's he's talking about he, he kind of reckons look a lot of that is fairly reasonable and it goes through the planning and this is why people can make uh, observations I suppose rather than, than objections he then says there's another class uh, of, of objector where basically put, people put in objections and they basically come looking for money uh, in return for withdrawing uh, such uh, objections. And in his case, he says there have been a number of times over the years where he has been hit by such demands. And he said the biggest one that he was he was hit with uh, was hitting two million quid that uh, somebody was, was was looking for. But he's saying, look, it, it, he doesn't pay up, yeah. full stop. If, if somebody has a reasonable request that they, that they wish to make about a development, he'll do his best to, to facilitate them and, and he'll go through the planning process, but he's not going to pay what he calls ransom demands. And he's he's telling a story that is similar to an awful lot of objectors. I was first writing about this back in, in the summer uh, about cases of so-called go-away money where people are going to, to developers and saying, we're objecting to the, to the building that you are undertaking here uh, and if you want us to withdraw it, it's going to cost uh, you money. Now, there are some people who will argue, listen, uh, a development could be devaluing their property or affecting their land and so on and so forth. Sometimes that's reasonable, but developers are basically saying, they, you know, these aren't really reasonable requests for small amounts of, of compensation. Uh, these are large-scale demands that are impacting upon the, the cost uh, and the time scale for, for development. I mean, the, the problem is, if you don't pay up you could be looking at uh, objections on Borpanala objections, uh, judicial reviews being being taken out, which hold up the development for quite some time, all adding to, to the cost, all adding to the to the timescale. And the point being made by developers is, 
we're in the middle of a housing crisis and this class of thing is, is going on and there basically a lot of them are now thankfully coming forward and basically saying listen people need to be aware of what's happening here and I suppose, as you said, you know, people have a right to put in genuine objections. But I suppose the fear here is that people are holding developers to ransom and seeing an opportunity where it might be quicker and easier for the developer to pay up than to navigate all of these yeah. different appeals. And I know that Pat McDonough has in the past been very strong on the different issue of compensation culture and people kind of exploiting insurance claims. He's kind of saying that this new trend or emerging trend of go away money he kind of sees that as as a similar thing does he yeah he he, he says it's kind of it's a, a similar type of compo culture now look if you've got 110 restaurants across the country seven motorway plazas and six hotels you're, there are going to be accidents and mishaps happen uh, in in places well back in uh, i think it was 12 or 12 or 14 years ago at this stage we were inundated with insurance claims and uh, I used to go to work in the morning kind of more concerned about what was, what solicitor's letter was coming in or whatever. Uh, we had to put in video cameras into the uh, units to try and, and prevent the amount of uh, claims we were having. To try and find the gangsters, if you like. Yeah. Well, you can see the, the guys go in, they uh, go to the sink, throw some water here on the floor. Which they hope to slip on. And, the approach that Pat McDonough has taken over the years is that he fights these because he, he says that there's an awful lot of exaggerated claims that, that are put into the, to the system. Uh, in He's got the scale, really, to, to fight them. In other cases, it would be somebody with a, a small restaurant or, or one hotel or something like that. It'll be passed over to the insurance company. The insurance company will take, just take the view, let's just, just settle this and make it go away. We don't want it to, to chase it to court. Pat McDonough takes a different view. He has instructed his lawyers to take many cases to court. And he's he's obviously positioning himself to do a similar thing now to try to make a stand against what he sees as kind of um, illegitimate claims, yeah. people trying to hold people to ransom. The figures that you're talking about, you know, people asking for sums as much as, as 2 million euro, if you don't have a legitimate claim, is that not illegal? Yeah, the, here lies the lies the difficulty. So we have seen. I mean, Pat McDonough has been talking for around about twenty five years now about the the cost of insurance as a result of the of claims uh, culture, and he's basically saying that this is another cost that is that is being put on, and that it needs to be dealt with under the law. That there isn't adequate protections there for developers to basically, and businesses, to basically go to the Gardaí and say, this person is making a demand in return for withdrawing a, an application. If I don't give them a, a six-figure sum, they will continue to to uh, use the planning system. Let me be very clear, uh, people seeking um, money to withdraw planning, app, planning objections is not acceptable. Um, at all, um, and uh, Minister Bryan and the Attorney General and the Minister of Justice are examining the matter at the moment. Uh, under Section 17 of the Criminal Justice Act, it probably is the case that this is already illegal. Of course, evidence proving things a much harder thing, uh, but perhaps it needs a specific provision in the Planning and Development Act. Darrell O'Brien has expressed concern about this practice as well. Uh, he's just taken the view the, this is an abuse of the planning system. It's holding up development. We're in a housing crisis and you know we, we need to remove uh, such obstacles. He wrote to the Minister for Justice and the Attorney General back uh, in the summer on foot of our reports of, of, of go-away money 
And he said, look, is the law adequate here or do we need to, to do something more? And the Attorney General basically came back to him and said, no, I don't think you do because there are there is enough legislation in place to allow the Gardaí to investigate uh, cases uh, like this, which are, are basically fraud, corruption, bribery. That's all there under existing Criminal Justice Acts. And the Attorney General also added a caveat, though. He said... The case that is under investigation by the Gardaí at the moment, they'll watch the outcome of that quite carefully. They'll see how it proceeds. Either there is adequate legislation in place to to prosecute a case like that, or there isn't. And if there is, well, that shows there is, the law is in place. Uh, and if there isn't, well, then they'll come back and look at it. It is really interesting. And obviously, we'll have to wait and see what happens and what the government decides to do. But I suppose it's kind of the latest in a long line of campaigns that Pat McDonough has kind of adopted. And he's a very interesting and colourful businessman. Can you take us back and tell us a little bit about um, his background and his upbringing and how he got into uh, this business in the first place? Yeah, so originally from... from uh, rural East East Galway, and went went to school in in Moat in County Westmead, and played a bit of football in his younger days. And I suppose because of his his playing style and <laughs> his name and so on and so forth, he got the nickname Super Mac uh, on on the playing pitch. And trained to become a teacher and worked as a teacher, and then got involved in in kind of a sideline of uh, chippers. Basically, started out with a chip van at the Galway races. You know, you're working on a, on a, on a, a very limited budget. Uh, I remember the caretaker in the school was the plumber, he was the carpenter, he was the tiler. And on the day we opened, he was down the back peeling potatoes and cutting chips. That built to him uh, opening up a, a chip shop called Supermax uh, after uh, his nickname. And from there, it, it basically flourished. Yeah, I was teaching for the first couple of months until I decided, you know, you can't be working until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning still, uh, uh, and 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 going to class the next day. You weren't being fair to yourself or fair to the kids for that matter. It, it very much started out as kind of a, a Galway thing. Then it became a West of Ireland thing. Then it became a, a, a whole of Ireland thing, such that uh, every part of the country, and as, as you say, it was a pure culture thing for many's <laughs> year, uh, and people liked their cheesy chips and so on that that you could get in there. And it was it was different. It was it was on the scale that you had with the large American franchises, McDonald's uh, and 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 Burger King. For one short dinner, you know, they've, they've got a good reputation. He also has a, a reputation of supporting Irish businesses, of sourcing Irish produce. Uh, one of my first jobs 25, 30 years ago was, was uh, in a, a supermarket below in Turles in County Tipperary. And I remember one of the deliveries was of vegetables up to up to Supermax at the far end of the square <laughs> in Turles. But that's replicated across the country. So you will have people saying, yeah, look, they do support. There's jobs being created here. Uh, they em- employ something like 4,000 people. It's very much a self-made, successful Irish operation. But he has uh, courted controversy a few times in the past. Most recently, people will probably remember some comments he made during the pandemic when the government had um, a scheme to kind of pay people who were put out of work. And he was kind of saying that um, the pandemic unemployment payment was like winning the lotto for some people who were getting €350 off the government. He He got a fair bit of criticism for that. 
Jed, I'll let Pat make the point, please. You I know, appreciate if we get back in. Where we to what are, where we you'll be allowed back in, Jed. Uh, let Pat make the point, please. Jed, have a bit of manners, will you, please? I know I, I, you're only working two hours a day at the moment, so I, I, just, just, just hold on. I'm, I'm working more hours than you don't have to worry about All right, gentlemen, nobody can hear anything. He's not a quiet, hiding his light under a bushel kind of fella by any means. And he has spoken out over the years on a wide range of areas that you'd say, kind of areas that affect small businesses but he packs a punch because he's Supermac and he's got his 120 odd uh, outlets and his, his 4,000 staff uh, working for him so he he does very much see himself as kind of a, a champion of, of small businesses but he isn't afraid to, to have a cut uh, as well and he's not everybody's cup of tea because you know he, he can be quite forceful in his views and when he was being criticised for his comments during COVID about the pandemic unemployment payment, a lot of people were kind of bringing up some of his business practices and the way that he pays people and kind of criticising him for that as well. I'm wondering, have you ever considered paying the living wage of 12 euro 30 an hour? I don't think the business can afford it. There's certain businesses. But before all this it, hit, yeah. uh, Pat, your company, the latest accounts for 2018, your company recorded profits of 23.7 million euro. Correct. You weren't paying the living wage then. Could you not afford and, it then with profits did, of 23.7 million euro? Did you also look and say, hold on a second, with an exceptionally, exceptionally good, good year last year, I'll tell you at the end of this year, we'll be lucky to break even. So his argument is, look, you're bringing in young people, it's often pocket money for them or, or, or whatever. They're learning on the job and therefore why should the same rules uh, apply to that and he's saying you know if I were there for four or five years and I was on the same rate as someone starting off I'd be very upset so you know the the counter argument that was put well you know then pay the more experienced staff more more money so you know there was that that to and fro there's also been an issue as well uh, where he's saying where he's been criticised for docking workers 160 a day and that's, that's 20 cents an hour from their, their wages for food. So that's regardless of if they want a meal or not. Uh, so his argument there is, look, they're they're getting a meal inside and work and they, they pay 160. The meal could cost up to up to 10 euros and therefore that's a, that's a fair exchange. But that has been that has been criticised uh, as, as well, uh, particularly by, by left-wing TDs. So look, he, he's not a figure who's without controversy and he's, he's not, uh, a, a guy uh, who doesn't have a logic behind the arguments that he puts forward whether people find them palatable or not. And he kind of would have kind of framed himself as being a graduate from the University of Life. Like a lot of his the story he would tell about himself is how he's not kind of from a traditional business background. But obviously with the empire that he has, he'd be fairly wealthy now. Do we know like, is he a very kind of extravagant person or how does he kind of spend his money? Yeah, we. we I wouldn't say he's, he's kind of your classic kind of almost you know Celtic Tiger style mm-hmm. developer that you see flying around in helicopters <laughs> and getting yachts around, around the place look he is a very wealthy man he's very hands on uh, in in terms of his organisation uh, he has heads of the, the of the, the operation and it's all quite tight knit and is still has the ethos uh, of a family operation 
despite the fact that it, it's it's got uh, so, so big now. So, you know, he's not the kind of guy who you are going to, to come across on the VIP pages or, or right. anything like that. You're more likely to find him in, in Croke Park in the summer for a, a GA match. And that, uh, that kind of thing of kind of looking out for the little guy, like the normal Irish business, he was part of a David and Goliath uh, court case as well against McDonald's, I think, which uh, was a major coup for Supermax in terms of the way that it can expand across Europe. Can you tell us a little bit about that case? Anybody who ever remembers the, the, the Eddie Murphy movie Coming to America will probably remember <laughs> there was McDougal's restaurant and they had the arches. And- they got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. <laughs> now see, they got the Big Mac, I got the Big Mick. We both got two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions. But they use a sesame seed bun. My buns have no seeds. Pat McDonald's case was kind of akin to that, but 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 not quite. So so basically. You know, he kind of built up on on almost on on the QT in Ireland in terms of becoming a a giant uh, in in the fast uh, food industry. But when it came to expanding uh, onto the onto the continent, he was coming up against the big boys in McDonald's, who were basically saying, "Well, we're McDonald's. We've got a burger called the Big Mac." Uh, you're calling yourself Super Mac. People will will get uh, confused, and and Pat said, "Well, there won't be any confusion because you know Big Mac and Super Mac are are two different things," and this ended up uh, going through going through uh, the the European courts, uh, and he persuaded the European Union Intellectual Property Office to cancel McDonald's use of the Big Mac trademark and that opened the way for Supermax to expand across Britain and continental Europe. So that was very much seen as, as you say, David versus Goliath, the small West of Ireland men taking on the big uh, American global multinational uh, and and winning. And yeah, it, it did open, open you know, fresh opportunities for Supermax, but it was also the the principle of it that you couldn't just have one company saying, "Well, you know, we own uh, this this space, and and you can't get into it because you have a, a, a relatively similar name." I'm kind of struck by it's kind of a common theme in anything Pat McDonough puts his hand to. You know, the venture is like taking on McDonald's. It's obviously in his interest and his business interest, but he's very adept as a storyteller is kind of making it out to be, well, I did this, you know, for for other businesses. I can't afford to take on the might of McDonald's or the golden arches. Like he is a very shrewd businessman, but he's also very good at doing his own PR as well. Yeah, he is. And, and you know, he he talks himself. He, you, you don't get referred to some PR company or, you know, oh, we'll issue a press statement and we'll be back to you in three days' time. You ring up Pat McDonough and go, what's the story with this? And he he tells you boldly what the story uh, is uh, straight out. And he he regards you know his his empire is quite big at this stage, but he he regards you know money that comes in and out of it well it's it's down to his hard work and sweat and and he doesn't see that you know people are, should be quite happy to employ four thousand people but he doesn't believe that other people should be getting a slice of it if they're not entitled to it. And my thanks to Fiona Sheehan. I'm Ellen Coyne, and today's episode was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Garth Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from joe.ie, RTE's Drive Time and News, 
Supermax TV adverts and independent.ie. You can read more about this story online at The Irish Independent. And if you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. I saw your Be Good Baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr Brennan. Ah yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's Be Good Bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fibre. Whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today.